The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Dave What a weird night of baseball in New York. As the Royals first faced Bartolo Colon instead of Noah Syndergaard. We found that out early this afternoon. Then Colon lasts just four pitches, gets one out as Whit Merrifield hits the ball up the middle off of his throwing hand. And then Ian Kennedy goes just four innings despite only allowing two runs. And he was not injured when the Royals took him out. So that was kind of odd. The Royals used their top bench bat in the fifth inning, which I was fine with and I thought was a pretty proactive move, but not something you'd normally expect out of Ned Yost or most managers. And then the Royals leave seven on base and go one for ten with runners in scoring position against a bullpen for the Mets that had to throw eight and two-thirds innings. Just a weird loss. Two to one, the Royals drop game one of two here in the quickest road trip in the history of road trips. As Davo, glad you're along for another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation. I have been on vacation the last, what, five, six days? Back in the helm with you tonight on your dish. Be back with you over the weekend for the games as well. We'll be missing tomorrow's game because of the fact that it's a day game. And I will not be able to watch it as closely as I want. And if I can't watch the game all nine innings pretty much intently, I don't want to talk about it. So no dish tomorrow, but we'll go tonight. And we'll also have a current interview later in the week as well. We're back on normal schedule here on Clubhouse Conversation. But the Royals' road woes continue. They dropped to 13-24 and 24 away from the K, compared to 25-8 and eight at home. And you wonder, what's the reason for that? Well, the Royals are built for their home park, obviously. Uh, but I don't think that's necessarily what it is. I mean, yes, a lot of the pitchers like your Chris Youngs and your Ian Kennedys and guys who you know rely on fly balls, Chris Medlin when he was healthy, are pitching better at home, obviously, than they would on the road because the park is more built and, and more made for them, for their type of pitcher. But at the same time, we've seen a lot of home run balls being given up at home by these guys. And I don't know. The Royals are losing a lot of close games on the road, a lot of uh, pitchers-type duels like tonight. So... Who knows exactly? I don't think it has much to do with energy. Maybe. Maybe there's just more swag at home. There's such good memories when you have, you know, the wild card game in the back of your head from a couple of years ago and coming back against Toronto and that improbable game against David Price in the eighth inning. And But obviously the Royals have done that on the road, too. You know, the, the game four in Houston last year. But you, you had the Jarius Familia home run by Gordon in the World Series coming from behind. So you've got all that confidence and mojo at home and a great crowd, obviously. But it's still a bit odd how the Royals can be so bipolar on the home versus on the road. But then again, this team is built on being bipolar, aren't they? It's like they either win eight in a row and eight of ten, or they lose eight in a row and eight of ten. So there's not I, this, this bunch. I mean, we remember the last couple teams for being resilient, the great bullpen, the speed, but the big comebacks, and maybe this team's going to be the bipolar one that you know, it squeaks its way into the playoffs after doing this the whole summer and then hopefully catches fire later on in the season. Lots to talk about, though, tonight. Um, we'll peer ahead to tomorrow, which is not necessarily a real pretty uh, <laughs> thing for the Royals facing Noah Sendergaard, who outside of Clayton Kershaw is probably the best pitcher in baseball. You can definitely make a case for him. Sendergaard right up there with, with a little bit behind Kershaw and your Ariettas and your Bumgarners. A lot of great arms in the National League. Not that there aren't in the American League as well, but especially this year in the NL and the Royals get one of the best tomorrow. But first, our player of the game tonight is Paulo Orlando, who goes two for four with a run. He's now OPSing at a fairly impressive 844 clip, sample size noted. Uh, but he he and, uh, and Eski were the only two Royals to get on base twice tonight, both with hits, Eski with two hits as well. 
And not hard to guess that they both had hits since the Royals struck out 11 times and walked only once. Chesler Cuthbert, the only walk for the Royals tonight out of that seven hole. But yeah, 11 strikeouts, one walk, not going to get it done, especially against the cast the Royals saw tonight from the Mets. Seven left on base by Casey, one for 10. Runners in scoring position. I mean, really, you look back, it's today. You know, talk about being bipolar. So you're a little bit nervous about facing Syndergaard. Then you find out. Early afternoon, he's not going to be taking the hill. You're like, wow, we got Bartolo Colon tonight. Let's let's go to let's go to dinner. You know, let's 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 score some runs. I thought the Royals would score five, six, seven runs tonight. I just had that feeling, the gut feeling that always gets you in trouble with baseball <laughs> or anything in life for that matter. The good majority of the time, right? But had that feeling they'd score some runs, and especially right first hitter of the game, four pitches in, Whit Merrifield lines the ball off of Colon, off of his pitching hand, and he's out. And you're like, wow. At that point, I had like a slight fear they'd go to Syndergaard there in relief. You know, only one out into the game. They didn't do that, obviously, nor should they, with they're trying to set him up for better matchups down the road. But, you know, but once Cologne's out, you're like, wow, we're really going to go to town now. We get these guys for eight and two thirds. You had to think you at least had a four or five run night, right? But Hansel Robles comes in with a career night. The most pitches he's ever thrown, the longest outing, three and two thirds, giving up just one run on five hits. Six strikeouts for Robles and three and two thirds. Just unacceptable from the Royals' offense, obviously. One of those nights, not a huge deal, but just was frustrating tonight for the Royals. And then the Mets threw out Godell and Blevins and Reed and Familia and Casey had the door shut on them, much like they've been doing to other clubs the last several years and really ever since Dayton Moore took over. As GM, the big chance, as we mentioned at the top here, was obviously at the top of the fifth inning, two on with nobody out, one run already in. So at that point, you've had Ian Kennedy, who's given up two solo home runs to Yuenas Cespedes and Azrubal Cabrera. So Kennedy's four innings in, 73 pitches, given up two runs, and the Royals already had one run in in the inning. So you've got first and second, nobody out. I really thought, and, I, and I'm fine with Ned Yost making the move. I think it was probably the right move, but I really thought he would, you know, certainly stay with Kennedy there. The reason he didn't. Well, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, Kennedy was giving up hard contact and deep flies the entire night, and probably those two home runs would have not been the only ones the Met, you know, the Mets hit had he pitched another couple innings. So Ned knew Kennedy wasn't as his sharpest tonight, and the ball, the Mets were getting pretty good contact, hit the ball in the air way too much against Kennedy. Thankfully, it's a semi pitcher's park. It's not Kauffman Stadium, but it's not necessarily a hitter's paradise there in New York either. But Kennedy, you know, so that was number one. You know, not pitching the most effective in the world, kind of living on the edge, teetering with, with the fly balls. Number two, of course, the Royals had an off day yesterday and have an off day Thursday. So you knew you were protected, even if you have to go extra innings and, you know, pitch, you know, uh, half your bullpen or two thirds of your bullpen tonight, you still only had to get one more day with those guys tomorrow. So you were going to be okay no matter what. You can use pretty much everybody in the bullpen outside of a long reliever. Everybody except for Dylan G is most likely available in the finale tomorrow. So those were the two reasons. And I thought, you know, it was a game situation too. But it wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been upset if Nedios bunted over the runners to second, third with one out. You know, second, third, one out for Merrifield coming up in a one run game in the fifth inning. I would not have been upset at all. That would have been the conventional thing that most managers would have done. And I think Ned being unconventional in this case was the right move. And it was kind of not something he normally does, is it? I mean, that's not a common thing. Ned's more of a by-the-book type of thing. But again, I, th- I really think the off days were the main reason he was able to do that. And he went for it, and it almost worked. Kendrys cranks the 3-1 pitch to the deep warning track about eight feet away from giving the Royals a lead. And it would have probably won the Royals the game, obviously, had it gone out. Just missed it. And then Merrifield and Escobar can't get anything going either. And first and second, nobody out. That was about the last real threat the Royals had. They had some innings, they had some guys on base, but that was the one where you really felt with two guys on and nobody out, 
you really felt like, and then the Royals going to Morales and knowing Merrifield's so hot coming up next, you really thought that was the point where the Royals would get him. They just didn't, and that ended up being the ball game tonight. So, yeah, for Kennedy, 72 pitches and four innings. Gives up a couple of home runs. Was not missing bats, only two Ks, one of which was the pitcher. You know, it's kind of what we've seen from Kennedy in the last four to five weeks. Uh, you know, an, uh, the Royals need him to be a number three starter, a good number three, a bad number two in the grand scheme of things. That's what they need from Kennedy for what they're paying him and where this team's at right now. Unfortunately, he's been more of a number four starter the last four or five weeks. He's given you some innings, but the effectiveness hasn't been there, and he's not missing bats like he was earlier in the year. And obviously, the ball, the hard contact rate has always been quite high with Ian Kennedy. So the Royals do get some good work from their bullpen. Dylan G, Luke Hochaver, Kelvin Herrera combined for four shutout innings, allowing just two hits, four Ks and a walk. But in the end, the Royals dropped to 38 and 32. And now two behind Cleveland. As like I said, the, the shortest road trip in the history of the Royals left for New York yesterday morning, and they're coming back around. They'll be leaving New York around five o'clock on, uh, you know, well, I guess by six o'clock local time on Wednesday. So they're in New York for literally like 55 hours and they're already back in Kansas City. Uh, but you know, to get back before they can leave, they've got to if they want to pick up a win, they've got their hands full. Great pitching matchup though. I'm excited for this one. A Mets offense is kind of sputtering and a pitcher in Danny Duffy that's been absolutely fantastic. Perhaps quietly the story of the year for this Royals team. Could Duffy end up being if he keeps pitching close to where he's at now? You wonder at some point if there's going to be the innings cap, which I'm sure is why the Royals have mostly cut him off at about 90 pitches in six innings, knowing that if they want him to go the whole year in the rotation, which they're probably going to have to at this point, the way it looks. So, But you know, he could be the story of the year for the Royals, and I'm excited to see him matched up against a subpar lineup, a banged-up lineup, and, and a, a pretty favorable pitcher's park. There's some places in that park, left center, that aren't necessarily the best, but it's not a, a terrible place to pitch either, and Noah Syndergaard can prove that. My God, 7-2, and two, a one nine one for Noah. So Duffy comes off of five innings against Detroit, three runs, four Ks, two walks, and Syndergaard makes me, like, scared <laughs> just reading about here. He comes off of, against Pittsburgh, 11 strikeouts and no walks and eight and a third, allowing just one run. On the year, 85 innings, 106 Ks, and 12 walks. That's about a 9-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio for Noah Syndergaard. It ain't going to be easy. For the Royals coming up tomorrow, do I think they'll win? Probably not, but I do think it'll be a competitive 3-to-1, 3-to-2 type of game, much to the effect of tonight. I'm excited to see Danny Duffy compete. It's nice he won't have to face the DH, having the pitcher for a couple outs, in theory, is nice. You ended Cespedes, not the split you'd expect against a lefty, so not a guy who necessarily matches lefty pitching. So, you know, Conforto may or may not be in the lineup. There's you know, Mets have some nice bats, but without David Wright not being in there, and you go down the list, no Lucas Duda, though you know he's a lefty also, obviously, too. But you go up and down the lineup, and they are missing some guys in that lineup, and that is nice for the Royals and Danny Duffy. I doubt they get the win tomorrow, but if they don't, it's no big deal. Thanks to the Royals having that great homestand, and hopefully they can come back home and do that again for a five-game set starting again on Friday night at the K. Until then, we'll talk to you. Actually, the next postgame will be on Friday night with the day game tomorrow and no game on Thursday. I will have a current Royal interview coming up soon, but we are back with you on Clubhouse Conversation at clubhouseconversation.com, at Royals Clubhouse on the Twitter, Clubhouse Convo on Facebook, and of course you can subscribe on iTunes as well. Talk to you soon, and go Royals!